My hands are shaking. My hands are shaking, but I'm still getting them. I'm still getting them. Boom! Headshot! <laughs> hey, you guys! This is the Relics of War! Yeah, are you still from Canada? Yeah, I'm still from Canada. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> That's where I got the most information with the questions that they asked. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> what Sorry. What's that? Remedy Man, yes, I'm known as the shot now. Remedy Man, he's a rumpled chill skin. The moment is my ritual response is spontaneous. Uh, uh. Talon Silverwing for president. Uh, uh. Nugget of joy coming straight from Remedy Man. I'm gonna make it the pizza, yeah? Ich pass in bello, come in. Scrivendo solo pas party. Usare il traduttore. Ahaha, si, esata. Stai perdendo tempo. Speak it, speak it! Rosso buco milanese con miseria. Melandane. Parmigiana. Conspirazione. Dove la parma? You really Italian? Absolutamente, si. Hello and welcome to the Relics of War program. My name is Ryan, many of you know me as Cole, and with me here today are the likes of... We have JR from guildfans.com. Good evening. We have Loudon Effin Swain from any Guild Wars site, podcast, whatever you've heard. Howdy everybody. And we have Tigerfeet from secretagentcat.com. Hello, hello. Oh, now you're all quiet. Aw, oh. How's that? Is that any better? Use your theater voice. This is my theater voice. Yes, yes. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, today's episode, um, let's see, uh, what's happened in the past week for me? The Canton New Year started up and everybody's AFKing on Guild Wars. That's been good to yeah. Right now, in <laughs> fact. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am AFK as we speak. AFKing in the Nine Rings. And I keep on sending whispers to people and I'm not noticing that Away is by their name and it comes back at me and I'm like, damn it! I'm the only That's person. That's why I go. <laughs> I I go on do not disturb to be considerate to others. Yeah, that way they're not like chatting away at you, not noticing the little automated message that comes back at them. So uh, for a lot of you people out there that have listened to the last couple episodes or so, you'll notice that uh, we kept trying to do video. Well, we've we've finally decided that's not worth it. It was too much work for too little reward. I don't think very many people cared. So we're back to just doing the audio thing, focusing on having. Uh, Luscious voices. How do I sound today, my manly? Reasonably. Reasonably. Very good. <laughs> Start, starting to go into the Russian thing. Me and Tiger can get in on that. I am Russian. In Mother Russia, the feet have tigers. In Soviet Ascalon, Cha loots you. <laughs> so yeah, um, very good. Okay, so um any anything special happened with you guys this week? Anything you'd like to talk about before we start talking about what we're supposed to? I had a birthday. You did? I did. I was not a werewolf of that. <laughs> I got halfway through that and I'm like, what am I saying? This is dumb. <laughs> anyway, so when was it? Or are we not supposed uh, to say that because then identity thieves could have a one? No, it was the first. I got, well, I announced it on Twitter. Oh, well. I got a lot of happy birthdays from there. Happy birthday. I don't know. That was, was that Tuesday? Well, in that, Thank you. In that case, yes, happy birthday. What? Yeah, I stayed home on account of snow and played Minecraft all day. Freaking snow, man. It's like, is there anywhere in the United States where it's not falling? 
I have no snow in Oregon. No way. Oregon's not getting it, but the the desert in Colorado is getting it. Florida's pretty good, too. Didn't get down to Miami. Wait, you're in Florida? No, I was a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, we up until January, we actually had no snow, which is a little atypical. But ever since then, it hasn't stopped. So it's just constant. And anybody that sees like the stupid videos that I've uploaded to YouTube on the Relics of War channel, they can tell that it just keeps on coming down over here. And it sucks because I got this German Shepherd and I can tell she just wants to get out and go for a run with me, but no dice. Did you see the... I sent you a link the other day that Vibrams is, has come out with a line of um, snowshoes. Those are badass. Yeah, I saw those. Wow. Way to capitalize. <laughs> we should get a sponsor from them because you we mention them so often. Yeah, they would be like, wait, so you are trying to advertise us to gamers? How does that work? <laughs> they would definitely balk at it. Yeah, no, we're not getting any sales out of that demographic. Speaking of which, they would be right because I got no emails from anybody. So I'm just left to assume that we got a bunch of sloppy bastards out there listening to our show. Damn it. Tell us what you guys are doing for working out. That's what I'm saying. If do you, Is anyone out there using the shake weights? Or a slap chop? Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So all I've got to report on for this last week personally is snow. Tons of snow. I, I had tried the 7-Eleven brand beer. It was not good. So I would just recommend people stay away from that. So are you actually like just a 100% Pabst guy? Uh, most of the time. Pabst and Bud Light. Crappy macro beers. What do you think of Corona? It's all right. Okay. I've never tried Pabst, so I'll, I'll do you the courtesy of at least giving it a shot. Which will probably only happen when there's a place where they happen to have Pabst, but not Corona, which is not likely, considering how close we are to Mexico here. Yeah, come to Oregon, and it's likely to happen anywhere that's not a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Yes. But Actually, uh, what I typically drink. Yeah, here we're talking about alcohol. Yeah, Arena Nets lining right up behind to talk to us now. But uh, <laughs> I actually drink Cabernet most of the time, because I'm a stuffy bastard. I found a chocolate wine at our local store down here that I've really enjoyed. Oh, man. I think I tried that as well, actually. Sounds interesting. I didn't like it. I've tried that. I thought it was okay. It just tasted kind of like a cheap Bailey's. Yeah, it's really it's really strong, but the yeah. chocolate is strong as well. Well, I've been enjoying it. When I go to the doctor, you know, they always have to ask you, and are you a drinker? And I say, well, I drink Cabernet. And he goes, oh, well, don't stop that. <laughs> it's kind of cool to hear from your doctor. Oh, don't stop drinking that. It's apparently very good for you. So I'm proud of it. Anyway, enough alcohol, I guess. We have a lot to talk about as far as Guild Wars 2 goes, so let's hop right into it. Got to do the soundboard. I'm not used to this yet. Sequel Scuttlebutt, the crappiest uh, bumper we've got. Captain, what be that over there? Or let be Sequel Scuttlebutt. I want to redo that bumper. Eventually. <laughs> we tried it once. Remember that, Tiger? Yeah, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> so you, you could try to do something with a play off of Zaitan and his undead pirate minions. Ooh, that's a good idea. I'm starting to think it needs to turn into, like, Guild Wars 2 in review or something. Change the whole name of the segment. And then we could actually review information that the people that are new to the Guild Wars 2 scene don't know about. Like we're going to do today. Yes. Um, so our, our coverage of The Guardian so far has been moderately slackful. Actually, not moderately. It's gratuitously slackful. So we're actually going to get down to the meat and potatoes, which I have never had that combination of food, I don't think. Oh, no. Steak and potatoes. I've had that. Anyway, moving on. Um, right. Guild, or the Guardian talk. 
words. Let's talk about words first. Uh, just to jump in, a burger and fries is technically steak and potatoes, or meat and potatoes. I actually do not eat french fries. I don't like them. Ever? Hardly ever. Yeah, now, curly fries, you might catch me once in a while, but otherwise, no. I prefer tots. Still potato, though. Yeah, that's true. That's not a very common combination you find. But, um, yeah, what I what we've seen about wards, uh, so this is one of the, um, every profession kind of has specific skills that are very um, tailored to them. It's what they do, kind of. And wards, this is one of them. And they come in two geometric shapes. You can have the circular ones that are either used to keep enemies out or enemies in. And we'll talk more about why you would want to keep enemies in later. But uh, And then there's linear wards. So these things kind of work like walls in a way. I'd like to point out that the wards do not affect ally movement, only enemy movement. Yes. So a ward that keeps enemies in is good because the allies can get out and those enemies are stuck in the ward. So that was something we talked about last week and everyone was like, well, how are they going to handle this? That's how it, it, it it's worked, used as a trap more or less. Kind of like um, the ward that an elementalist Earth Ellie can put up right now that holds enemies that holds enemies back, I guess you could say, or slows them down. Right. I'm a big fan of wards. They're very similar to a mechanic in Fury, the failed PvP MMO, but it had this one mechanic that was amazing, and for me it made the game, and it was the ability to place, like, you could summon a, a wall of brambles or a, a thicket which would trap someone, and it's basically the same thing. And I love anything that's positional play, so I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's something people are going to have a hard time getting used to, is how positioning and motion-related Guild Wars 2 is, as opposed to, like, any other MMO. Every other MMO is, you can't do that while, while moving and stuff like that, where Guild Wars 2 is going to be like, if you're not on the move, you kind of suck. Yeah. So, yeah, words are cool. And um, uh, how does, what was, there was something, there was a specific asterisk to be put up. Oh, projectiles and stuff. I believe those go through words, from what I read. It's just that melee enemies and stuff can't really go through them. So it's, yeah. it's used to control the battlefield, but it's not an all-around just pure protection. Now, uh, a Guardian still has abilities that can deflect projectiles, but this just isn't inherently one of them, basically. Right. Yeah, I think Shield of Deflection is a ward that um, protects against projectiles. Yes. Does it stop projectiles going outwards as well? Like, if you're inside it, can you still fire out? I would think probably not, because on the whole, wards don't affect allies. But, but what if, uh, don't hold me to that. What if, that's just. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that, that's just a conclusion I've come to looking at all the information. Arena Net hasn't specifically said. Okay. Now, what if you're an enemy that gets caught in a ward of that kind? Well, actually, I don't think a ward of that kind has the slowing effect. So I suppose you'd be able to just yeah. get out and then fire your projectiles if needed. Unless you can stack wards. That's another interesting thing. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Could you imagine that? You finally get through the wall word, and it's like, ha-ha, ah, crap, I'm stuck in this eggshell now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can imagine... I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, um, using the, the circular wards to trap people in, and then throwing down like the, the fire AoE like yeah. inside that as well, that'd be a pretty cool combination. That's actually just what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I always use words on my elementalist. Like he's uh, the word of stability is highly underrated against Abaddon. <laughs> yeah. I can't say how many times I see an elementalist in there, and he's like he's casting something like searing flames on Abaddon. I'm like, are you serious? 
You could at least be doing Savannah Heap, but man, I could go for some wards. But um, another thing that the Guardian has going for him are the spirit weapons. And um, the question was asked, I don't remember where it was asked, but how many spirit weapons can be used at a time? And the maximum, I believe, is three. If you slot three different spirit weapons, then you can use all three of them. And the way that they work, nice. this is a question a lot of people have, is how do they work? You know, How do you get it to actually do the attack? What's well, a lot like a minion. Once you've casted it and you know summoned the thing, the skill changes to become the attack of that spirit weapon. So you choose a target, click on it, and then it goes to attack. It disappears. I believe a cooldown starts, and then that's when you can recast it again. Well, I think that um, even if you don't use it, its attack, if you attack something, it will also attack your target. Oh. And then you can click on the skill to use its big attack. Right. It's like a lot of the other skills, it has a, a passive effect just from having it equipped and a, an effect if you actually use it. Yeah. I'll be playing a Guardian. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed kind of like the Asura Summons skills, you know, like the Flame Gin and that stuff in the way it would behave. Where you cast it, it's there, but then it kind of does its own thing unless you use the uber skill yeah so that's looking pretty cool i'm still wondering how much this whole spirit weapons type thing is going to play into the mesmer yeah Yeah. they are the originator of like illusionary weaponry and so yeah that's really what i had pegged as the mesmer for seeing seeing that mechanic as such an integral part of the um of the guardian really makes me take a step back and wonder what are they going to do for the mesmer if they get, they have a mesmer at all, it's still. Not I'm sure concern. they're gonna. I, I'm sure they will too, but I mean, I don't know. It just irks me when people talk about it like it's definitely gonna be that. Yeah. Oh, kind of like me and guardians. Right. Not guardians, <laughs> uh, gunners. Yeah. I'm with you on the gunner, tiger. Well, I, I can understand the gunner a lot better than the engineer. Just my personal opinion. Indy swears blind. It's gonna be an engineer. I don't want to argue. <laughs> we'll have to get Indy on the show to argue against us then. Or it could be the same yeah. thing. I mean, engineers could be gunners, I guess. That'd be weird. But No, I absolutely hate the term gunner. Oh, yeah. I absolutely hate it. You'd need a different name, like swashbuckler. Where did I come <laughs> up with that? Why is a swashbuckler going to shoot? What would you need? I don't know. We, we just call them the pew-pew class. <laughs> <laughs> the boom headshot class? Yeah. <laughs> that was very nice, by the way, Tiger. Nice. Thank you. Pig uh, enjoyed I'm... it as well. If I don't get the name FPS Doug for my uh, whichever class I create that uses a rifle, a soldier, I'll, I'll probably cry. I think I want a character named Billy Mays. <laughs> um, so then there's also Virtues. This is another... This is a specific mechanic to the Guardian. And it's the unique resource system. You know how Necromancers have life... Was it Life Force? Uh-huh. So they have yeah. Life Force. Warriors have Adrenaline. Etc. Well, this is what Guardians have. This is a, a kind of a resource system. And um, how, the, how do they work? They're, in, they're inherent, so they're always on, you know, providing passive benefit. Right. Yeah. I actually, when I first read their information, I thought that you had to choose between one. And I made a comment to that effect on last week's podcast. But I was actually, I'm pretty sure I was mistaken that all three of them are always active. And then you you get to choose to use their, their well, it's not a burst ability, but that's the best way I can say it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that's implied by the wording, I think, that you always have the three of them. And you kind of have the... Now, this is something I need clarification on, is you can decide to use it on an ally. Or, yeah, cast it on an ally. And I'm not sure how exactly that works, since there's no uh, ally targeting skills in the game. 
It says nearby allies. Okay, so it's yeah, kind of like it's like an explosion of awesome for people. I'm gonna put this down yeah. here, and you guys <laughs> get it. Explosion. It's like of a shout. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Oh. And you, yourself also counts as an ally, so you're not completely screwing yourself over by using your virtue. Yeah. So you lose the benefit of it, and that's just for like a short time. Then you can recast it on yourself again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, so that's cool that it's on yourself too. I'd assumed it'd be like save yourself, where it's everyone but you yes no it's everyone including you and then your passive benefit is disabled for a short time yeah i damn that's cool so it's kind of like having a bunch of stances at once but you can drop it and give everybody else a minor version of that stance including yourself and then you get it back and then you can just have the passive benefit again right i believe we have finally hashed that out correctly because we failed pretty hard last week about it it does make them sound kind of tanky, though. I mean, they have a, a passive. Um, one of the virtues gives you like the, the block. The other one gives you health regen. Between the two of those, still kind of makes it sound like a tank. I think they're going to be about as viable as a tank as when you compare a dervish right now to a warrior. Right. So if you spike yeah. them, they could die pretty easy, whereas a warrior... Because they've got a lower total health than a, than a warrior, right? Yeah. 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 But... Like, from what I've been reading, it sounds like Guardians are a little bit more fragile, but they've also got more regen mm-hmm. and mitigation than a warrior does. The warrior just relies on health and armor and raw power. I wouldn't be surprised if a Guardian actually might make a better tank against a slew of little guys. Wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying that's how it's going to be, but it sounds... I mean, it seems that way about Dervishes to me. At least if you have a Dervish with Avatar Balthazar and stuff. No, I think it's the opposite, actually. They were saying that when you're soloing... As a guardian, you'll do better to take on the large, slower-hitting monsters, specifically because of your That's right. courage virtue. It gives you Aegis every 30 seconds, and if the if the enemy is attacking more slowly, that Aegis will proc more often. And I think John Peters said that that's under the assumption that you know how to use courage. Because if you're dumb about how you use it, then uh, it's kind of worthless. It's, it's one of those things, where, in my opinion, it's one of those high skill cap skills. If you know how to use it, mm-hmm. it's awesome. And if you don't, you're going to think it sucks. Well, I mean, the passive benefit is every 30 seconds you ignore a single hit. So. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it is a virtue, so it would be that way. There was something I read yeah. about that, though, about how you could like cycle them. Oh, that's probably in the support role. It's how you cycle it to make it even better. That's what it was I was reading. Okay, good. I play the dumbass on this podcast so that other people can correct me, and then everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Good cop, dumb cop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, and uh, so people know the three virtues you get are justice, resolve, and courage. Resolve is very good for cleaning up stains. Bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> we keep coming back to Billy Mays. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Billy Mays here. Um, yeah, so justice, right. Justice is going to be the offensive one. And it will cause burning. It tastes like burning. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I could see that being used with like a, a bunch of ranges, and then you hit justice, and then all of the ranges use like a, a barrage attack or something. Yeah, people don't seem to. Yeah. People seem very skeptical of how good in the offensive role a guardian is going to be. When you really think about yeah. the applications that justice and spirit weapons are going to have. They are not going to be slackers in any way in that, you know, they, they may be more stylized to support, but they're yeah. not gimp. And the wards as well. I mean, 
movement control is key to damage. Like if your soldier wants to beat on someone, then the best thing to do is throw them in a ward so they can't move away easily. Oh yeah. So they they may not directly contribute to damage, but they certainly will like passively. With in the hands of a good player, the guardian is going to be primo. Yeah, yeah, which is why I'm going to make one, obviously. Yeah, and I'm going to try, but I'm not going to be a good player, so I'm probably going to be one of the people contributing to the bad <laughs> reputation. Oh, no, another wham. Oh, God. See, that's the other <laughs> thing. It's, it's such the, the stereotype of the, uh, the like the paladin. Mm-hmm. It's super popular with every 13-year-old rolling their first character, so I wonder how they're going to balance it or, I don't know, I think to create a perception where people don't just keep on making guardians i do think in the eyes of the you know the mouth breathers the guardian is going to come across as the the guy with the stigma of being support so they're going to avoid it in my my opinion i think it's going to be a little bit immune to actually being the face roll guys for that reason like the assassin anybody goes to make a character in guild wars they see the assassin they're like "Ooh, assassin that sounds cool i'm gonna play that i can be like a ninja and then they go ahead and suck, where I don't see there being some inherent, like, draw to a noob for the Guardian so much. Unless, of course, they're thinking, ooh, you know, I can cast Mending on myself while I pew-pew. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's the, you know, the, the warrior monk, like, paladin archetype is is pretty popular. It's just whether people see this as fitting that, I guess. Yeah, yeah that remains to be seen. I really hope it gains a little bit of a support character stigma, despite how good it'll be at offense. Because then we won't have yeah. idiots playing... I don't know if the idiots are really going to have a good time playing this game anyway. Because they're going to be like, where are the bars <laughs> to stare at? Um, yeah, that's true. The uh, the other thing, like the assassin that you said, Ryan, I was thinking assassin too, but for a little different reason in that it kind of sounds like a class that if you're good at it, it can be really dominant. And if you're bad at it, you can just contribute nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying very hard not to say anything about assassins. <laughs> I, I play an assassin. And I suck at him. You know how many times I died last night in Eternal Grove? Anyway. Oh, wait, that was on my... I'm just getting getting flashbacks from when I used to raid lead, and I was browbaiting people about standing in the fire. I said, I don't care if your DPS drops for a little bit. Low DPS is much more beneficial than eating the floor. Yeah. Yep. Because then you're not doing anything. And that's that's what's cool. We'll be talking about this in... uh, When we talk about the combat article, but standing in the fire is going to have less of a a role to play in Guild Wars 2 because it's if you're standing period it, I believe if you're just standing there people are already going to be like dude what's wrong with you because motion is so much bigger in this MMO although it's it might be a little bit harder because like in in Guild Wars you have the monks watching the the health bars and you can see if someone's doing something dumb like standing in fire whereas in Guild Wars 2 you might have idiots who just like degen to death because nobody's there watching their health bar for them. But what's cool is if one person is that dumb, it doesn't gimp people as hard. If he dies, you can just be like, you know what? You're stupid. You're going to stay there. And you just keep yeah, doing what true. you're doing. But Throw rocks at people. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're downed and they can do that. <laughs> yeah, you're more you useful have, you have lost your often You have lost your awesome profession card. Here, you just sit there and throw rocks. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, do you guys think there's going to be a looking for guardian thing like there was a looking for monks, you know? I think it depends more on more on the like skill balance because they they pretty balance the the purposes of the professions up pretty well. But if there's like one support skill that the guardian has or the elementalist has or whoever that's super broken, then people are going to want that profession. So that's what it will come down to, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I still and let's face yeah, the it, tricky... Arena I don't have a great track record. I... The tricky bit is only the Guardian has Aegis. Yes. That's true. But will there be... See, there's also the possibility that like a Necromancer will have some specific... Maybe Life Force will have such a unique way of working that they'll be better at support just because they can be spammier or something. So... You're exactly right. It's about skill balance. And I don't think just because the Guardian is stylized to support, that means they'll be the ones. There may be like a specific class that everybody's always like, oh, man, we need one of those. But you can tell they don't want that. So they're going to try and balance around that. Well, part of me kind of hopes that 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 does happen because I think wards are amazing. And if every single profession in the game could use wards, I'd be happy. Because seriously, that's like my favorite kind of gameplay right there. Yeah, except for the whole, like, the face of the entire battlefield is going to be just these colorful circles and lines. That's fine. Everyone will be like, be like running through a maze. <laughs> you'll be like, hey, guys, <laughs> let's try and make a smiley face out of our wards, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, we got to do that. You, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Relics is going to make a smiley face out of wards. Screenshot it. That'd be like the first thing we do, like, when we get into Guild Wars, whether it's a beta or whatever. Yeah. Which I would gladly help out with, which I've said before. Got to reiterate. <laughs> I would be the most debugging bastard just so that I could get in. I would be like, there's yeah. this plant over here, and it's like it's sitting inside of a tree it's when it's not supposed to. Got a collision here. Okay. I wonder when they will open that up and how we'll find out. Like, will will we just other people suddenly claim to be involved? Will Radius, or will they make a big announcement or something? Radius had an article about that, and he it wasn't specifically about this. He just made slight mention of it. But what he did say was that it's funny how when they talk about the whole E3 at home type beta test for the public, um, mm-hmm. they haven't actually shot that down, which they tend to do when something's wrong. Yeah. Well, if you, if you look at Guild Wars, um, the, they had, uh, they had it running like five or six months before launch every weekend and, uh, no NDA and all kinds of like weird, practices that just don't exist anywhere else and i'd love for them to to do the same because it worked really well for them oh yeah they're oh they're the best competition wow has had ever it was once a month one weekend oh once a month sorry that's right yeah Yeah. and every every weekend they would end with a huge party event type thing like i got to participate in two of them and the first one uh, hundreds of gwens spawned in all the major cities and killed every one with fire (laughs) And then the last one, money and experience started raining from the sky. And then, <laughs> then the great big worms from Abaddon's mouth came up and tried to eat everybody and chased everyone all over the place. And there were fireworks. And I was there for the Gwen and for the uh, the worms. I can't remember the money and experience one. Oh yeah, I remember money and experience was falling from the sky. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, if they do that, I will allow it. The uh, uh, emphasis of position. Oh, right. Okay. Reading the show outlines live as the professional that I am. But um, right. Positioning is such a big deal to guardians, right? So that they can support. So the question has come up by a lot of people. Was it going to be a pain in the butt to get around and actually get to the people you're trying to protect? And if you'll notice, uh, huntersinsight.com, if you go there, he did get that domain. Yes, I checked that. Um, If you go there, he has an article where he talks a little bit about Flashing Blade, which is one of the skills that was shown for the Guardian, and it's actually a shadow step, basically. You shadow step to an ally, though. So, especially a fallen ally, even, it looks like you can use it on them. So somebody goes down, you can teleport to them and start defending them while someone else might... It's more like a dash, though, right? 
it looked to me like no. an actual teleport. He like it was like a portal of blue when they went through it. Oh, okay. The problem was I the angle. The angle that they used when he did it, or she did it, I guess I should say. Um, there wasn't that much teleportation. Like it wasn't a very big distance covered, so it kind of looks like just another step was taken. So you have to look very, very closely to see what actually happened there. But it is confirmed. It was a flashing blade. You don't want to call mm-hmm. it a shadow step. It's more like a light step or something. Teleport. Yeah, that's all it is, a teleport. And that's to a we specific were... ally? Yeah. Because that no. sounds targeted. Oh, that's right. How would yeah. that work? We were talking about it, and Hunter and I decided that it's probably enemy targeted, and you'll cast it, and then maybe the next time the enemy attacks, you'll interpose yourself between the enemy and its target. You know when it, oh, that would be cool. When it was discussed, oh, it good. did seem that way, where it was very enemy. It's 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 not so much teleport to the ally, but teleport in between the ally and the enemy mm-hmm. to kind of become a meat shield in a way. Yeah. I just hope they're careful with how much they use um, like teleports, because after everything I've said about how awesome positional play is, that completely undermines it, which is one of the reasons I, I'm not a huge fan of the assassin. That guardian really seems to require... Um, a very close proximity to activate it. So I don't think it's going to cause too much imbalance. It's just going to be more or less, you know, shave about a second or two off of your travel time yeah. to save the person. Well, if it's enemy targeted too, chances are you're going to be at least within casting distance of whatever it is you're going to be teleporting to because yeah. you'll be attacking it in the first place. Yeah. And the other thing about it is when the Guardian came out of that flashing blade, it seems like it goes directly into an offensive move where you start firing off all these blue like strings of light. They look kind of like boomerangs or something, but it looked to me like it was part of the same skill. No, that was Zealot's defense. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I'm glad I have people here to correct me today. <laughs> so, okay, that's enough about the Guardian. Let's talk about the combat article that John Peters... Uh, it, it's just more elaboration on what's going on with combat. And I did... A really long and like obnoxious blog post about this too, on the Relics of War main page. It was good times. Um, you made it humorous though, and that's important when you talk that much. If you want people like me to keep reading, yeah, that's. I don't really like the idea of just saying the news again. That's lame. I mean, with the state of uh, game journalism right now, you got to have something. And I learned a little something from Comedy Central and John Stewart, and that is people listen to you when you get them to laugh at the same time. So I hope I got people to laugh. I got the guy from uh, My Name is Earl in there. <laughs> yeah, pictures help for <laughs> short attention spans. Oh, man. And part of it, I was talking about meter maids, people that like to pay attention to UIs and bars. And when I went to look for a picture of a meter maid. Oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> God. I saw you said don't Google it. I, I didn't bother to Google it. Yeah, seriously. I was kind of afraid. <laughs> do not do it. Um, I also saw you call out Pabst in there. Oh, I did, didn't I? Pabst. Yeah. That's getting to be my new phrase, past the Pabst. Like, most people don't understand what it means, naturally. I don't think around here many people even know what Pabst is. I've seen it in the stores a couple times. but Right, so combat. Okay. There's a healing skill slot. That was one of the first things John talked about. Um, and that's kind of to avoid the whole one person is responsible for the healing. Because um, they don't want that to be a pivotal part of every encounter having the healer. So everybody has to have at least one support yourself type skill on you. And they even call it the heal skill slot. So I assume it is actually healing oriented every time. Um, Some people balk at that because they're like, oh, I don't want to have to slot a skill like that necessarily. But you kind of have to do that if you want people to be self-reliant. Yeah, I believe they've said that can be personal heal or party heal, can't it? I'm not sure. 
I guess I seem to remember hearing that. That would be cool. I think there's different flavors. Like I remember them mentioning for the warriors, he can have something that's similar to the, uh, the healing signet, or he can do something that helps with his adrenaline and his health as well. Like sacrifice a little less healing and add in adrenaline generation as well. I did see that. Yeah. So you can have one that's a hybrid of offense and defense for your healing. Kind of like a lion's comfort thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not a very restrict. It's not that restrictive. So that's cool. Well, remember they also said that your healing skill slot is going to be the best way to keep yourself alive. Yes. That. Well, it's it's not though. I mean, the best way to keep yourself alive is going to be working together well as a team and using like wards and like AOE regen and stuff. Yeah, technically control I, is going to be the best. Yeah, exactly. I. Well, I don't yeah. know. Well, once you've taken damage though, they said that your own healing skill is going to be more powerful than the 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 allied regens. Because yeah, you can't just, stack them. I just hope it doesn't leave people with the impression that they can like run off and leave the group and be fine because they've got their own self heal and you know. Unless it probably won't change a thing because they ran off before without any heal at all. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. So and then there's the uh, state of the downstate mechanics and what Arena Net's trying to do is get away from. If you've played World of Warcraft. You know what a wipe is like. It's so common. People wipe all the time. You you can tell they don't want that. They want people, when they go into encounters, to have a pretty good chance at getting it done. It's just a matter of your efficiency in doing it. Mm-hmm. So um, the downstate is, uh, well, put it this way, the res that you have, everybody has a res at level one. You make a character, you've got it. And it's not something you put on your bar. It's something that's inherently there. You can just do it just like being able to jump. So at any time you see someone fall, doesn't matter who you are, you can help do that if you're the one in the best position to do so. Not that it's always going to be the best idea, because the person might suck and you might be better off just doing your role. But <laughs> can tell I'm going to be real supportive of people that die. <laughs> Sucks to be you. I'm just glad I won't get the whole uh, WTF monk, why didn't you bring a res? Because oh. I want a skill bar of eight good skills. I hate that. Yeah. Well, that's I agree. That's the thing is, there's so many dumb people that play MMOs, and they'll come in and they're like, "What the? Where are my heals at? Where were my heals? I didn't get any heals. I played healers and M- other MMOs all the time, and that's all I ever heard. And it's like, you son of a bitch. If you knew how hard I was spamming my heals to keep your soft butt alive, I just soft butt. That sounds gross, but you get the- <laughs> yeah, you're lightly on it, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, that reminds me. One time I was healing for a an assassin. And after this really difficult encounter, he goes in regular shot and he's like, man, I can really survive a beating. And I just go, no, you can't. I have no energy because of you. <laughs> yeah, I had fun that day. <laughs> that was actually awesome. before I joined Relic. Yeah, I know. I usually, if I die on my assassin, <laughs> I put my face in my palm and I'm like, I have just contributed to the stereotype again. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I played with a, a GVG guild that wouldn't do anything but monks, warriors, and uh, rangers. And occasionally alleys. We were purists. Yeah. So that's cool, the downstate mechanics. Um, a shared boon system. I like this one because one thing that frustrates me about other MMOs is they seem to have this idea that you can balance an MMO. And you Really can't. I mean, not really. You can do your best to make it more fair and stuff, but anyway, the boon system kind of helps ArenaNet to get a little bit more of a latch down on the balancing of... Boons are basically buffs or enchantments. They serve that same purpose. 
And there's only so many of them in this game. Seven of them, actually. And everybody has access mm-hmm. to each one, except for, is it Aegis, Aegis, or Aegis? Aegis, who knows? I've heard it so many times. I like Aegis. Aegis? Okay. I say Aegis. But... Yeah. So, I'll allow that one. I say Aegis <laughs> as well. See, I did it. I told you, Ryan. Right. I honestly, um, I, I'm the guy who butchered Italian last week. So Continue. It's, it's not up to me. Anyway, the seven that we have here are Regeneration, Might, Fury, Swiftness, Protection, Vigor, and Aegis. <laughs> um, I think they're all pretty self-explanatory on what they're going to do, too, which is cool. And yeah, to anyone who's played Guild Wars, at least. What I liken it to is, in terms of balance, I, anybody out there that's done web design, you know that just doing hard-coded HTML can be a nightmare and a mess. But once you incorporate CSS, so it's kind of a library you can refer to, and there's a specific set of rules housed there. And so mm-hmm. when you go to do your HTML, it's actually a very simple document. And so is the CSS, because it splits out responsibilities. Well, that's what this seems to do, where it's just kind of... If there's any sort of a problem as far as balance between these boons, they can literally probably go ahead and balance it from their mobile phone or their iPad since every one of them got one. (laughs) You forgot that also leads to the, oh crap, I need to write this custom JavaScript to deal with this one-off little idiosyncrasy that I can't handle without munching the whole CSS sheet. (laughs) Specifically Internet Explorer also. But no, now we're sounding like nerds. I really hate doing web design, and having to account for Internet Explorer, though. So maybe Aegis will be the Internet Explorer of the Boon system. There you go. (laughs) Quote that. (laughs) Another nice thing to point out about the Boon system is that you can stack Boons, but their effectiveness doesn't stack. So if three people have thrown down mending, you're not going to have... You're not going to mend your health three times as fast. You're going to have mending for three times the duration. Yeah. For three times as long. So you can't adjust. So you're gonna the, need to be careful. You can't stack the magnitude. You can only stack the duration. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And that can contr- that contributes directly to the use your own self heal to keep yourself healed because the men the mending will help, but it can't. It, you cannot heal through stupid. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be <laughs> enough. I like that. You can't heal through stupid. This game is going to very... It looks to me like this game is going to make it very clear who sucks and who doesn't. Very much so. To the point of people get frustrated and quit, I think, without a monk watching them. That's true. I mean, it would be the elitist's MMO, which is kind of nice, because then you're not trying to heal through stupid, but on the other hand, that's, you know, less funding equals less awesome a lot of times. Yeah, it's good and bad. That's what I thought, especially reading that combat article, was this is going to be hard for dumb people. Yeah. But at the same time, they've they've like balanced it out nicely because it's easier for a team. You don't have to like rely on one person so much. So while good people will be highlighted, sucky people will you know you can kind of ignore them and still get things done. The sucky people might just go off in solo mobs or something because they'd be like, <laughs> everyone always gets mad at me when I go to help them do dungeons. Well, yeah, you know why is because you have a sufficient amount of suck. <laughs> So, okay, um, right, we've talked about how boons stack, and of course, like we said, there's no allied targeting in this game. Now, some people don't really like that, but frankly, it's the only way, really, to break the whole meter made mentality mm-hmm. in MMOs. So, the ally support is through positioning, where you stand, where you cast what you've... There's also ground-targeted skills, so those are also affected by this. 
But basically, if you're a supportive character, you're probably watching the field more than everybody else now, as opposed to how it used Which to be. Is- yeah, that's as, for someone who played Monk for four years, that's amazing because playing healing Monk and watching health bars, it makes me want to like eat a bullet or something. Yes. Uh huh. Well, everyone was talking about how amazing and revolutionary this no allied targeting thing is, but I've been playing a protection Monk now for a few months, and it just seems like a natural evolution to me because almost all of my protection skills our area of effect, so I'm actually watching the mini-map more often than I'm watching health bars to make sure all of my party members are in range of my skills and my heals. Mm -hmm. I think watching the best monks in PvP right now, in Guild Wars, is kind of what spawned this, in a way. Because they were seeing the people people that were really good were paying attention to what was going on in the fight, yet they were still capable of casting skills on other people. So now what they're doing is they're taking the whole complication of casting a skill on one person out of it and saying here you cast a skill on the area and making it more feasible for everybody what does mr monk loudon think of that no i agree with what ryan said because the hardest part of watching the field sometimes is targeting just clicking on that person you know because someone runs through and you get them by mistake or whatever so you're almost forced to go to the red bar for targeting Yeah. yeah that's frustrating because i mean Already, if you are monkeying right, you're watching the field, not the red bars. The red bars is more of a targeting mechanic. Yeah. So it's kind of a resort, is what it should be. Last resort. Particularly if you're a, if you're a prop monk, whereas a, a healing monk might watch the health bars more, but then there's no like major healing in Guild Wars 2, so that problem is solved as well. Yeah, prot is kind of the key player for support in this one. Yeah, prot and like, passive regen and the elite self-heals. Sorry, the the self-heals. But that's what's awesome is if you were to compare it to real life and you were in a war scenario, you're not going to be able to give some guy health back. If he's got his leg gashed, you'd have to take him aside and stitch his leg up and he's still got the wound. But realistically speaking, you can protect him. Like, you know, if you were to throw a rock at the guy or something and protect your buddy, that's actually possible. So I like that there's an emphasis on protection instead. Yeah. I mean, you do Plus need it, healing in any should, fantasy, though. It should just make games, uh, looking at it from like a, a GVG perspective, healing is terrible because if you can heal through everything, it just makes games drag on forever and ever and ever. But if you take that out and it's only prop, suddenly it's it's much more uh, like fragile. It, it can swing either way pretty quickly. It kind of turns everybody into an MMO boss, is how I see it. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. going to have so far that they can go, and it's not like... Keep refilling, keep refilling. Instead of everybody slowly going down, you're just trying to make the big boss, the bad guy, go down faster. Yeah. I hope that's how it works. The danger, is, cool. the danger is that people find a way to like stack certain kinds of prot and stack like uh, different defensive buffs and the regen to the point where you can literally stay alive through anything. But that's just a balanced concern, I guess. Yeah, I think you'll have a certain amount of that at the beginning, especially. Yeah. I was thinking about that with like wards when we were talking about that earlier, just to beat the UI, you know, where you drag all these underlings away from a boss, the guardian runs in and puts a ward up around the boss that keeps everybody out. And then you spike him down real quick instead of this epic battle that was supposed to be going on. So along those lines, yeah. Yeah. Then you just wonder how arena Net's going to deal with it. Cause I've seen some other companies do very poorly at that and overcorrect. (laughs) <laughs> it'd be really nice if they don't and then I could actually point fingers and laugh well I, I mean the correction of the exploits and imbalances is what's going to make or break it so that's what's going to be interesting to watch yeah 
which is also pretty concerning given the track record of taking forever to fix things and then fixing it the wrong way. But with the amount of skills and the complications of the builds in Guild Wars and how Guild Wars That's 2 true. is so much simpler, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm hoping. I'm being a fanboy here, but I am, I'm thinking they'll be quicker about it. Oh, that, that's very true, actually. I, was, I spoke to Izzy a while ago about the, the process of doing a balance update in Guild Wars, and it takes something like eight hours to make the change, uh, test it, upload it to the server. I could be like making up eight hours. It's a long time. But with Guild Wars 2, it's so easy to tweak stuff. Like, he can do it instantly. Like, it's on the live server, and it's like such a simple tweak that it doesn't need any te- testing necessarily. Mm-hmm. As long as it's just like uh, tweaking a, a number in a skill, not changing the way it works, obviously. Yeah, because then you have to deal with coding. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so it, it, you're right. It probably will be a hell of a lot better in Guild Wars 2. It, it, well, it's the ripple effect is part of it too, because you tweak one skill, which means now something else is better. So everything shifts and it just, you know, like layers of an onion, it leads to a whole nother level of imbalances and whatnot. Yeah. But given the... Because... Uh, the thing about monks that I don't like and uh, dedicated healing classes or even dedicated sport classes is as far as balance goes, they're tra- kind of treated like a, a pressure valve on like deaths. If people are dying too much, you just buff this class or if they're not dying enough, you nerf the class. Mm-hmm. And that like is the root of so much imbalance in Guild Wars. So having a game where every character is a mix is probably also going to make it a hell of a lot easier. So there's so many good factors. The fact that you're stuck to your profession is going to be huge. And so then, I, I mean, they'd have to monitor still how two professions interact because two of them might be really badass as compared to other combinations. But it's not as big of a concern because it's not one person. You know, you still need two people to make that combination work. So it's going to be less problematic than the one guy that knows how to make the necro writ hero or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Another topic that's been going around on the Guild Wars community lately is... Talk about the importance of the independent website or resource. Um, hmm. In some areas, you can see that people are getting a little disgruntled because, um, you know, they'll see someone getting a scoop because they're with some big network or whatever or some big company. Um, so I wanted to talk about what the the role is that an independent website has in the Guild Wars 2 community and also why it is that, you know, sometimes you might see a little bit more of a leaning toward a PC gamer, for example. Why do we see ArenaNet going to them? Um, and I'm going to try and play devil's advocate. So if you guys want to be like brutal about it, that's fine. And I'll just try and do the opposite. Okay. Well, I'd say um, personally, it seems like the at the moment, and I don't know if this is going to be a long-term thing, like a, a strategy they've worked out. But at the moment, the community department seems very marketing skewed, like in terms of how much they interact with fan sites, I mean, they do the expectation control stuff, like they post and they talk, answer issues and they get involved that way. But in terms of like other things they do, like events or contests or, I don't know, creating cool stuff for the community, it's like the bare minimum. I can agree so with that. So as far as, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, that is why um, I think we see places like PC Gamer and Eurogamer getting the scoops because the people who would usually be advocating for the community sites are probably the ones dealing with PC Gamer and Eurogamer. So then the question is, um, do you think maybe they might go to sites like PC Gamer? I mean, first of all, we know that they're trying to get attention from people that don't even care about Guild Wars right now. 
Exactly, yeah. So there's more inherent traffic to places like PC Gamer in that regard. But also, when you do an interview with PC Gamer, you have less to worry about. Okay, so say they did an interview with me. The thing is, then tomorrow after that interview, I could go in and say something because I'm so focused on Guild Wars, I'm always there. And my tongue is always a liability. So I could accidentally spew something that is incorrect, and it could totally throw off the entire Guild Wars 2 community. They'll get all pissed off. Although we've seen PC Gamer do that too, also with the whole, you know, pay for dungeons thing. Which is arguably even more damaging. Possibly, yes. Or you or you could get that awesome interview and maybe let something slip, some sort of information that they didn't want to get out yet. Right. So well it it could also be fan base size though. You could get an awesome interview and not enough people would see it as compared to the people that would see it in PC Gamer. I don't agree with that because any interview anywhere gets picked up by all the main sites. Like, it's just a matter of time. Like, as soon as a fan sees it, it gets posted on Guild Wars 2 Guru. As soon as it's posted there, it gets front paged in the news. And you would be surprised how many media outlets have uh, the Guild Wars 2 Guru newsfeed RSS. Mm-hmm. And they follow what's posted there to put into their, like, big publications or to feed into their websites because it's, like, pretty much the best source of news. Everything ends up there. So the question is, so I, does does ArenaNet know that, do you think? Because here's something that if I know. If they don't, they really should. When we had that uh, interview with John Stummy way back, um, the listenership numbers told me everything. Like, right. it's kind of a gross statement, but a friend of mine said that what Bluehost did was they farted blood. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was so much traffic about the whole thing. That it, it, it totally threw off my numbers. Like people would ask, how many listeners do you have? And I was like, well, last week or the average week? Because it's like exponential. So, um, yeah, yeah that, that's one of the issues also is I wonder if ArenaNet realizes that they might actually get the same leverage out of doing an interview with Talkteria or something like that as opposed to PC Gamer, Eurogamer. Um, and also, like I was saying before, so if they do an interview with me, do you think it matters that because I'm around all the time, I'm always around the Guild Wars community, always focused on it, that I have a higher chance of saying something wrong? In my opinion, no, because since I'm so focused on that, I'm more likely to know what ArenaNet wants to be said. But do they know that and can they take that risk? And in addition to that, because you're around it so much, if like if you say something wrong, you're going to be corrected immediately and you're going to be aware of that to fix it. Whereas... PC gamer, like they'd have to be reading through the comments of the article, and someone there would have to mention it. And I don't know. Yeah. I, and I think generally you're much more likely to get it right because you're more in touch with the game. In my actual opinion, I think a, a greater focus on the independent website would be a smart move. But I do try and see why they still operate the way that they do. Yeah. I, I, I just get, sorry, guys. Oh, I was gonna say, I I wonder if. You're going to ask them a lot harder questions too, Ryan. Yeah. Because you know what's going on. You know, like you said, your finger's on the pulse where the PC Gamer article a lot of times is just a glorified press release. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. They're going to be like, so what's up with the no healer class? Where I'm going to say, so what's going on with the UI? And they're going to be like, whoa, it, uh, I don't know if I can answer that yet. Which I, yeah. I think that would be a skittish topic right now. I don't think they're that far along with it. As far along with it as people are thinking anyway. I think if they gave the independent sites like Talkteria um, a bit of love, like in just a random interview, it really doesn't take long to throw them a bone and say, here's like Izzy for 30 minutes, ask him whatever you want. 
if they did that, these sites, like the traffic would go up and it would stay up and it would just generally get people who otherwise might be like peripheral and just on the like the outskirts of the community, it might get them involved just by driving more traffic to these websites. That would be a peculiar interview there, though. It'd be Izzy interviewing Izzy. People would be like, what's going on here? That's true. That would be very confusing. <laughs> but yeah, um, and, and so there's been a little bit of talk also about what the independent sites can do to kind of band up and be a little bit more of a stronger presence. So we'll keep you guys posted as far as what happens there. But They can talk on a private forum and then decide not to do anything. Yeah. Because that seems to be <clears throat> maybe what's, what's happening. So, okay. Um, also, uh, man, this is a very long segment. Holy crap. We're going to have to like power through the next ones. All right. There's going to be a PAX East demo and it's going to be a new one. That's pretty cool. I'm excited about that. Sounds like there's going to be a lot of focus on what the races are going to look like. I'm very yeah. excited about that. I wonder if the Silvari are finally going to get their reveal there. Well, well they are starting this week. They're doing a, like a focus on the, the humans. So maybe they're literally going to do like a, a new race every month or every week or something. So maybe that's like a lead up to the re-reveal of the Silvari. See, I, I really like lore and aesthetics. I'm the kind of person that doesn't give a give a crap about how much damage your fireball does, but I care more about does it look nice or how did you learn how to cast a fireball? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not me! <laughs> but that's why we have you, Tiger, so we can, so I can sit here and say, bah! And you can be like, Lord, damn it, Lord! Yeah. yeah, that actually dovetails really nicely with the next episode of Dispatches from the Priory that I'm working on. Ooh, a little teaser. Which won't be ready for this week. I'm sorry. It's all about fireballs? No, no, it's, it's about humans. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, what are you guys expecting out of the PAX East? Oh, wait, no. That's for Speculator's Corner. What am I talking about? Right. Um, just want to make one last announcement also. Oh, well, keep... First of all, I'm all over the place. Keep an eye out for <laughs> what's going on with this PAX demo. Because when they first did it at Gamescom, that was huge. It blew up the interest in Guild Wars 2. So, for everybody that's hearing this now, go check that out because there's a good chance by the time you've heard this, it's already going live. There's only going to be a select few who actually hear this before that. Um, and then also... We just want to mention again, ArenaNet's got some big job openings. So go to their website if you're like looking for a job and real into working for them. Um, they're looking for graphic designers. It looks like they're looking for graphic designers that are very acclimated to doing like UI design and user interface on the web, especially that whole web to game API thing that they're doing. There's a huge focus on that, it looks like, and they're looking for more people to help there. That is going to be huge. I love I it. I just want to know if they're going to do a forum. I also want to know if they're going to do if they're going to support the Android OS phones, at least yeah, comparatively. Yeah, they are. They already said Oh, did they? Yeah, I yeah. think they said Android already. Because people always seem to favor Apple with these sorts of things, so they give them all kinds of fancy hooch, and then the Android people are like, well, we got something here too. <laughs> so that's cool. Okay, I'm glad to know that, so maybe maybe they have a couple Linux nerds working for them. I will allow it. Um, let's move on to some speculati- speculative discussion. Who was I starting to sound like there? It was somebody. Kind of went Dr. Evil. Sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this I game. I heard that Norman really tall. That's just speculation. Yes. Okay, so do a little Dr. Evil for this segment. Very nice. Soldier is the last soldier profession. What did I put here? 
Oh, I think you <laughs> meant guardian. You I meant to say guardian there. Anyway, the people reading the show outline right now are like, what, what did I sign on for? Uh, the guardian. I think we all figured it out. Yeah, the guardian is the last soldier profession that has been confirmed. Uh, so what we have left are two adventurers and one scholar. So what does this imply for the mystery profession? To me, it implies the mystery. Oh yeah. The one that we. Well, I mean, as you said, right. we're all assuming the mesmer's one of them. And I'm yeah, assuming because they, they said there's there's one that's returning, one that's similar but with a different name, and one that's a mystery. Yeah, I'm right, of the right. assumption Mesmer is coming back, and that it is the last scholar. Mm-hmm. And then we have the assassin type that is the adventurer, and so the last one will also be adventurer as well. Mm-hmm. The gunner engineer. Yeah, the pew pew. <laughs> we'll have the illusionary pew pew and up. a pew pew coming. Um, anyone disagree <laughs> with that? Uh, well, I don't know about engineer and gunner. I, I, I don't know what would be there instead, but I don't know. I'm not sold on that. I'm going to be also an antagonist and say, I don't think that's what we're getting. I do think there's going to be a gun emphasis with those guys, but I don't, the whole engineer thing. I, I don't really think that's, it's just me. Yeah. I also hope they're not doing the rogue at all. Although, however obvious it seems that they will be because it's such a cliche and it depends how they do it, but. I'm just not a fan of classes like that. The scrappy suckers. Yeah, exactly. That sneak around. Do you think? Do you think the what we're calling an engineer or a gunner um, could be some sort of turret class, like the ritualist is now, with its spirits, throwing down objects in the world that have an effect that can be that you can run away from. If they do it, that would be very interesting. If they do it, they need to go steampunk with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you've but, already got something similar in the warrior with his banners. He can throw them down or he can pick them up and run with them. But if it's something with such a bias on technology, it would seem weird if, like, I mean, okay, the child might use it, or the Asura, or the humans even, but Silvari or Norn using something like a, a profession that's so biased toward, like, technology would seem a bit strange. Yeah, that's where the, that's where the speculation breaks down. I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah. It's a really nice idea, though. I like it. Although a charge, but I do think we could see something with a turret mechanic. Yeah, they need some kind of ranged combat person. It seems to me, since the ranger isn't really all about bows like it was before. So that's yeah. what I mean when I say gunner, just someone who's specialized in non-melee and not necessarily magic combat either. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. kind of martial ranged combat. Well, that and they have guns mm-hmm. in the game, and nobody's really focused on them yet. So it's, I don't know, intuition tells us that someone will. We just don't know who that is yet. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, all of the weapons seem to be spread out pretty evenly across different professions. It's like, I don't think we'll necessarily see a a particular class that has a bias towards any one. They each just have a different mix. True. See, that's the crux of my hatred of the word gunner. Right, exactly. It doesn't quite fit. Pew Pew's better than yeah. Ryan Coin because that could be a bow or a gun or a spear. A wand or a staff or, well, not a spear because there aren't any spears. But Since it's a profession, well, heck. it'll be the Pew Pew Laser Pros. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think, too, the ranger, when it's got a one-handed axe, that axe turns into a ranged weapon. It does for the warrior as well, right? I don't think so. Well... I'm pretty sure the warrior can throw throw the axe as well. It did in the Eviscerate video. Yeah, I think. I think. Oh, yes, it did. Yeah. Like the warrior from Gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, so uh, since the Guardian is only meant to be the most stylized toward support, um, but isn't the only support capable capable profession, do you have any insights on how other professions might also serve the support role? We know that the water elementalist, for example, is going to be one. And that sounds pretty cool. I'm going to have to at least try that out also to compare it to Guardian. Particularly how uh, a rogue class would offer support is a weird question. I bet it would be largely control-based. Like traps, maybe? Yeah, that kind of thing? trapping or you know clipping their Achilles heel, mm-hmm. things like that. Because I, I can see it having like offensive support, like a, you know a, a skill that adds poison to all the weapons of your allies. But as far as defensive support, it's a little bit more limited, or it would seem so. Blind and cripple, stuff like that. I think that's what Ryan was alluding to. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I yeah, couldn't see true. them like having some sort of sneak heal attack. <laughs> I just flew by and healed your ass. Isn't that cool? Oh, couldn't see that. But you never know. I mean, that, that might actually be a really, really powerful way to support. I mean, the Guardian actually has a lot of that going for him already, too. Very positional, trapping, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. How can you kill a healer that you can't see? <laughs> Exactly. Awesome. Well, you, you think about the assassin archetype, and I think of the little smoke bombs that they could throw down one of those. It could act as a mark or a ward, and create a cloud where if an enemy were to go into that, they'd be blinded for a certain amount of time. That's actually a really cool idea. Even if it was enemies and allies, like if it was an environmental effect that you could create, like a like throw down a smoke bomb and obscure a whole area, that'd be a mm-hmm. lot of fun. You could like fill it with traps and wards and all kinds of junk and then smoke it and have the yeah. enemies like run into it. Yeah. Use the wards to funnel them into the kill zone. And mm-hmm. that is cool. Your rangers standing back and releasing barrage. I really like the whole smoke bomb thing. This is starting to sound more like Call of Duty than Guild Wars 2 though. Well, that's what they're going for though. A little bit more. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. So I, I bet ha- you having just said that, if ArenaNet does listen to this, they right there went, nice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this guy gets it. <laughs> well, you know, sort of along those lines, when I was reading your blog post, Ryan, you were talking about, you know, what is MMO combat style? And, you know, you're saying some things like that. It seems to me like there is a defined MMO combat style and it's the, tradi- the traditional stuff. And, Anet is going away from that, and they're doing more of a FPS combat style. Yeah. So I don't, I, just, I don't know that they're changing what MMO playstyle is. They're just going to a different playstyle. Exactly. They're not trying to say this is how MMOs will work from now on. But what they are saying is, if you don't like that, come try this. And I think there are a lot of gamers who like to hang out with their buddies. They like to do stuff online, and they compromise and play this crappy. In my opinion, it's a crappy fantasy MMO style just to hang out with their buddies. Mm-hmm. And so being an FPS type of guy, that's why I get so jazzed about that is because I'm like, this is sweet. I can actually, you know, dodge to the side and I can do stuff on the move instead of stand there and let my hands wave around as I'm supposedly chanting something. That's stupid. From what I've seen, it looks like they've been able to make the combat more active without resorting to something that's Twitch based. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just like to say that. All of the changes, the improvements in the combat, things like casting while you run, a lot more ground targeting, the wards, and generally being fast-paced and like more visceral, is totally taken from Fury. Seriously. Three years ago, Fury did that. And I know Izzy played it. So. Oh, I imagine they, that's where they got a lot of inspiration from 
you can see they got a lot of inspiration from even FPSs. Who I think John Peters was the one who even said that you're going to see a lot of Left 4 Dead in this, especially the Res system. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. And I, I wasn't quite being serious about Fury, but seriously, they completely ripped it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the fact that they'll come clean when they're ripping somebody else off, too. They're like, yeah, we totally got this idea from these other guys over here. Instead of some other companies where, so yeah, we've got this thing that's may have been done before, but it's completely new now, and we're totally innovative about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like and so they should be. I mean, everyone knows it, and the games industry is all about stealing the best ideas. So, uh huh. Yeah, so one of the, one of the things about the Peters article I wanted to bring up was uh, towards the end he said, in an FPS, there's many types of guns. You don't just use one types of gun. Comparing that to the classes in Guild Wars 2, but it seems to me that in a lot of FPSs, there's just two or three guns that you do use because they're superior to all the other ones, and I just mm-hmm. wonder if the classes will evolve into that or not. I think untended to they would, but they'll probably try and keep a, you know, try and keep everybody on the same swath as best they can. If FPS games had the same approach to balance that MMOs did, that wouldn't be a problem. So, I, I think I think it'll be okay. How often do you see patch notes for an FPS game where they're like tweaked damage of this gun by so much or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Good point. But yeah, I totally support this whole thing. I just hope that the the whole change in the whole combat system doesn't put people off. Like they'll log in and be like, where's the first quest for me to do? Where's my health bar? Where's my party's health bar? I don't see it. I'm done with this stupid game. Because my answer to that would be, yeah, but you can jump at least now. I don't mind if well, people like that don't want to play. That's true. I've noticed, too, that where they're throwing in a lot of new stuff at us, they seem to be adding a lot of things that are regular MMO standbys. And for the life of me, I can't think of an example of it right now. But just things I see where I think, oh, well, they do that in WoW or something else. And I always liked it there. I'm glad they're doing I'm glad they're bringing it to Guild Wars 2. Well, they added potions, which makes yeah. me feel sick. Well, I don't really have an opinion on that. <laughs> I detect this particularly, but like I the hate <laughs> like the marketplace, or I'm doing a really bad job at this because I know I've thought that, but I can't think of any mm-hmm. anything in particular right now. Well, the persistence for one thing. I'm yeah. I am so glad that they you know stepped back and said we need to go persistent. People like that better. Um. Right. So next question. Will on-the-move skill use be an emphasis, like, all-encompassing, or just occasional thing in Guild Wars 2? Because Peters did say that will take place in Guild Wars 2. Did you take that to mean there's going to be, like, no skills that you have to stand still for, or that most of them you won't have to? Well, there's certain skills you have to channel, right? And for those, you've got to stand still. But do you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you do. Oh, I I guess like that, what is that one where the ranger was, like, throwing all kinds of crap through the fire? There's no way you could be on the move doing that. Well, I'm pretty sure Barrage is channeled, and um, the warrior has some shield skills that are channeled. You know, and Meteor Shower for the Ellie? When, yeah, yeah, but when we see them demoing that, are they just standing still for the sake of the video, or could they actually have moved during the whole thing? I'm pretty sure they've said that for channeling, you, you have to stand still, but I can't give you a source on that right now. I'd like to know. I, I think it goes with the lore, though, to the, like the stuff Tiger was talking about. It needs to look right. If you're calling down this brutal meteor shower and it takes three seconds to cast, you shouldn't be running around while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. 
it makes a lot of sense to me for quick use spells that maybe take maybe a maximum of one second to cast. You can move during those, but mm-hmm. anything longer that you should have to stand still for, just because yeah. of the, from a lore standpoint, the amount of concentration that would be required. I wonder, I wonder how they'll treat that, too. Like in the tooltips, will it say can't be done while moving? Or are you just supposed to know that after a certain cast time? I think it, it, it'll say, like, this is a... You have to channel this for three seconds or something, and then you'll just know that for channeling, you have to stand still. Yeah, so if it's a channel skill, then you should know that you can't move. Right, yeah. That makes sense. But I, as far as allowing, like, with other skills that, that you can run around and cast it, makes a huge amount of sense with how uh, movement and position-based the game is looking to be. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that was pretty much a, a must-have change. I really do. Guild Wars 1. I do hope that the Guardian is mostly on the fly. It looks like he is on the fly casts and stuff. Um, yeah. Because that's the kind of support I want to do. Like everything I've seen so far about it, it's like, yes, I always loved support, but that is like the apex of awesome for support. Yeah. Well, there was a wand skill he was using as he was running. Mm-hmm. Do you remember in the videos? Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, too, because I remember back when I was playing WoW, I would just moonfire everybody to death, or attempt to, and run out of energy, just because that was an instant cast skill, and I could use it while running. <laughs> yeah, I was a priest in WoW, and I, I was usually like tossing Prayer of Mending and Power Word Shield, the instant stuff that I could do while jumping. Mm-hmm. So I'd be running, get some inertia, jump, be casting all this crap while I ran away from something the freaking tank didn't taunt. Even in Guild Wars 1, you can see that because, like, on a monk bot, it sucks to have anything that takes more than three quarters of a second to cast. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. un- unusual. Most things are 0.25. And as soon as you cast it, you start running again. That's why UA is pretty much the only res you really want to use. Mm-hmm. Just double-click it off and keep running. So, okay, uh, what do you guys expect out of the PAX East demo? I expect to see the Guardian there and probably one other... Um, profession. I think, I don't know, it'd be nice to see the Guardian, but I I get the feeling that the demos take a lot of time to put together, so whether it would be ready. I mean, they'll definitely have, like, the Ranger and probably the Necromancer, but... Well, they were in the first demo, and they said that this one's going to be a new one. Oh, really? Yeah, this is a brand new demo. They're putting in all kinds of new stuff. Right, but I I mean, it might be different content, but I don't know. I'm just saying I'm, I'm not sure if it'll be the Guardian. It'd be nice. Definitely. It'd be funny if um, someone goes in, all right, so I get to make a guardian. They'll be like, nope, you can be a necro underwater, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I get to see a breather bar. That's good. Actually, I do want to see the underwater uh, combat mechanics because my wife has started Cataclysm lately where you can do underwater mm-hmm. combat now. And it's kind of dumb. I mean, it, it's cool in a little in some ways, but really what you could do with underwater combat is so much more than that. So I want to know what Guild Wars 2 is doing with it now. Well, I get the feeling that some people think it's going to be like you you still swing your sword or whatever, or you still cast spells. They're just, they're just a bit different. I have a completely different idea of it, where it's like it's more like going into a mini game where everyone is given a set bar of underwater skills, which may vary a bit depending on your profession, but they're tailored for underwater combat. Nice, like snowball fight or something, then. Or the gen exactly, yeah. That's a cool yeah. idea. Hunter was saying that too, and I could imagine that, except for the fact that they've said that almost half the game is going to be underwater, and one set of skills per profession seems kind of restrictive and against what they've said, the play the way you want to. 
Well, they've said half the game is half the game world is underwater, but whether or how much time you'll spend down there and how much time you'll be in mm. combat down there, I don't know. So maybe there's like pockets, like little areas underwater where you enter a place where there's air again, you leave the water, and that's where the yeah. encounters are. Yeah, maybe. Might be that, yeah. I really want to know how this is, how that's, you, they totally dodge it, and I wonder why that is. You know, because it, it, I just think they, they don't know quite what it is yet. Like, they're probably still playing around with different combinations and trying to work it out and balance it and make sure that it's actually feasible before they talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. But if another person asks, how does air, uh, air magic and electricity going to work underwater without frying all your teammates, I might just face palm against my desk. <laughs> Okay, and out of the Pax East demo, I'm hoping to see more of the races. Like, we saw Char and Humans in the last one. And that's all we saw, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I hope we get Well, have... there were other races around, you just couldn't play as them. Ah, okay. Yeah, that would be nice to see. But for the most part, yeah. the big thing I want to see is the Guardian. If they unveiled Silvari, that would be pretty cool. Because I'm not really a guy that cares about aesthetics, but I thought they did such a weird job the first time around. I'd really like to see how they improve on it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the, here's a question for Loudon. Um, we've talked before about your take on them not having a dedicated healer. The monk is gone. But now with the Guardian revealed, did you have any changes of heart or changes, or did it just kind of slowly, you know, did you just slowly take to the whole thing? I, I, I expected some sort of buffer class all along, and that's really what this seems like it is. So it, uh, I, I mean, it sounds pretty cool for the most part, you know, with the you guys talking about it made it sound a little more appealing than it did when I first read that article. I'll say that JR getting really excited about it was neat to hear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it, it pretty much takes all the best things about playing a monk and puts it in a suit of armor. I think the skill videos don't do it justice compared to what I've read. Mm-hmm. I think if they really showed everything the guardian does, people would start drooling a little bit. And that's the thing. That's, that's what most of the people are going to go to look at is just the videos. They don't have time to read all this stuff. So I'm hoping at least this podcast finally help people to kind of go, oh, so that's what this is all about. The other thing I'm not a huge fan of in the videos is the the way that you look at the skill in isolation, whereas so many skills are, are amazing and complex and interesting because of how they work with other professions and what they do. So it'd be nice if they, they mixed it up a little bit and showed a skill working at the same time as other skills and how it interacts, but somehow highlighted that one particularly so you knew which one it was talking about. Yeah, there's a big call to arms for ArenaNet. When they did the videos that showed the Ranger and the Ellie, just those two alone, mixing, that garnered so much more attention and awe out of people than those isolated, just here's a meteor shower. So they need to do this again with some of the other classes, professions that they've introduced, namely the Guardian, because this is new. Nobody's ever been a guardian mm-hmm. up to this point, so we're all really intrigued by that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what we can look for coming out of the demo. Yeah. From PAX East yeah. is some of the interactions and synergies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. People go to play this demo, and they'll go to fight, uh, what's that guy's name again? The purple dragon. The Shatterer. Shatner. The Shatner, yeah. People will go to fight him, <laughs> but now that they got guardians, everyone will be like, oh, that was not hard at all. Suddenly so easy. That would be funny to hear. Then I would most certainly. I wonder. How, What's that? I wonder. Sorry. <laughs> I wonder how wards work on something as big as a guardian, uh, as a Shatner. Can it just like step over them? Well, he hardly moved. Well, I guess he did move. He was just so big, he didn't seem to be traversing that much. He really was. Kind well, of we've had um, in the 
I can't remember which website I was with when we did this interview. I think it was, I think it was Guru. We asked the question, um, you know, how much do big monsters travel? And they said basically there's there's bosses as big as the Shatterer that still you know, that do walk around and will follow you. So there will be bosses that that big that do move around. Okay. That's a really good question because they've said that the wards are three dimensional and that if you were to find a cliff high enough, you could jump over them, but yeah. you'd probably splat on the way down. <laughs> but if you're talking about an enemy that, that that's that large, it's... Yeah, especially one with wings. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, so, and then the last question for Speculator's Corner. Um, and this was brought up on Guildcaster episode 33, I think it was. And basically what Sean said was he wants to see an NPC in the in Guild Wars 2 that is technically the last dedicated healer, and his name needs to be Loudon Swain. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to support them on that in this show, too. That is nice. a good idea. Nobody would I be really in the dark. That, Everybody would see that and be like, ha, ah, very good. I really hope they have lots of throwbacks to Guild Wars. Like, you go into a graveyard and you're looking at the names on the old, like, mossy tombstones, and it's like people from The Last Pride or something. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's so cool for old players, but the danger is, of course, that the the producers or the, the marketing guys are like, ah, oh, we don't have the time for this, and those guys will play Guild Wars 2 anyway. Yeah. It would be pretty cool if the assassin class's like, profession teacher, his name was Karate Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Way to get the Karate Jesus reference in without Chaz here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm better at it than Chaz, though. Right. Now, enough of that self-aggrandizement. Let's talk Togo Soapbox. As a new player to Guild Wars... Oh, Togo, I just want to get through this already! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> you know, that one doesn't get old, oh, does it? Always makes me laugh. Yeah. That's no. never going to get old. So, for Togo Soapbox, we're talking about the Canton New Year, which is going on right now as we speak. Uh, I have pretty much taken no participation in it yet so far, because I'm cool like that. I do know that it's the version of the New Year. It's kind of played off of the Chinese New Year, since Cantha's kind of a parallel to that. Is that right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, otherwise, uh, you tend to get a celestial mini pet out of it every year, depending on what year of the it is. And it's the year of the rabbit right now, so you get one of those. Oh, not necessarily. It can be some work. Yeah. Oh. You have to trade in lunar tokens for lunar fortunes, and then you go outside and you use your fortunes and pray. That's not how it's always been, though, has it? Because I, I got a Celestial Pig super easy, and a Celestial I think I think they ratcheted down the drop rate, because the pigs were a lot easier than they've been in subsequent years. Uh, this well, is it, why it was, I don't bother with these events. Yeah, it was a regular pig, not a Celestial Pig. Ah, that's there were true. so many regular pigs in the market, the following year they said you could trade five regular pigs for a Celestial Pig, and then they all became Celestial moving forward. I gotcha. Damn. Yeah, I don't. But yeah, it's pretty hard to get a rabbit. I did the, I did all the quests on all the characters that could. I think I had a stack and a half of lunar fortunes, and I didn't get one. See, now because it's a, oh. it's a celestial rabbit year, this should be the year where the celestial animal is easy to get because of rabbits. It should be all over the place. Just saying. Yeah, you'd think that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what a poor observation, Ryan. I had to do four characters worth of those quests to get one. Oh, God. Yeah, I think I'm probably just going to pass. No, 
I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the purpose of Guild Wars is to get on and harass people in chat. Yeah. That's basically it. I'm really shooting for Lucky this year. I'm, I was really close before we started the podcast. I just parked my character in Nine Rings. Yeah, there's a lot of people on right now. And any, anybody I go to talk to. Oh, I've already talked about this on the show. Right. Okay. So, anyway. Um, next topic for Togo Soapbox. What do you expect to see out of the Dervish update since people are expecting that right now? A happy Chaz. Yeah. Well, don't. I expect to see an unhappy Chaz. Yeah, don't expect a happy Chaz. That's, that's nigh impossible. Can I tell you what I hope instead of what I expect? Sure. That they turn them all into warriors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, along those lines, my thought was I don't really care about the Dervish update. Unless there's a secondary <laughs> skill that helps with farming. Or if they turn one of the trees into a complete healing tree. Well, they could make it a class where you roll one and then you stand outside in, in an explorable zone and very, very slowly your uh, your gold just ticks upwards so you don't even have to do anything. <laughs> I know they're reworking the avatars to some degree. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing with that because they're, they're kind of weird right now. A little gimmicky. And I think they look really cool. So, I like I, how the avatars look. Although I... I always thought the... Uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I hope that every god's like version of an avatar has two sexes that you can go with now but it's not a big deal do you think do you think they might add an avatar of cormir i hope not because then you won't get anything done you'll just stand back there (laughs) get all the loot that would also add another elite which would mess with stuff yeah unless it wasn't an elite that's true i mean what good is it maybe it's just like an aesthetic hey yeah go ahead and activate that who gives a shit (laughs) no you activate it and all the drops go to you yeah Exactly. It, they better because you won't be able to see anything. Your screen turns black. <laughs> I'm following so and so. Let me know when it's over. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Jr? Um, just the 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 avatars, particularly like the the basic um construction of those skills. Like the fact that it's a, something that's active only like half of the time makes them incredibly difficult to balance. Yeah. And I can understand it because they want to give people this feeling of like becoming something uh, like superhuman. But it's so such a like I, I imagine when they pitched that to Izzy and were like, can you balance this? He just laughed because it's pretty much impossible. Yeah. What I'm hoping for is a new kind of enchantment spell specifically only to dervishes. That way, enchantment removal is a little bit more. I don't know. You pretty much just... Um, I think Chaz is the one who talked to me about this and where I got this from, but you kind of become just Shatterbait as a Dervish right now. Mm-hmm. So one... You know, a Mesmer has such an onus on you, it's kind of ridiculous. And it's kind of hard to get around that as a Dervish because it's almost all enchantments other than your avatars, so... That's true. And they don't need to make all of a Dervish's enchantments this type of... Just like a couple of them. Make them kind of like weapon spell type thing where it's immune to typical combat rules. What if they removed the enchantments mechanic entirely and replaced all that with an adrenaline system? Oh, that'd be cool, giving them adrenaline skills. Yeah, because, I don't know, like, stacking enchantments is such a problem, um, balance-wise, again. So it just makes it really difficult, because either either you can stack them so much that they're impossible to remove and it becomes imbalanced, or you can't keep them on and then you suck because you know your your main source of power or whatever is is gimped but adrenaline is a really solid mechanic and it would work quite well for them i think although how it would fit in law wise is a bit sketchy yeah 
Okay, and for the Embark Beach patch, which is also expected, what are you guys hoping for? Other than Seven Heroes, because everybody seems to be... Well, I don't know that everybody here is necessarily for that, but that's the big draw most people talk about. I'm hoping that um, that Embark Beach, we can finally be able to go to any outpost and view the whole map of Tyria instead of just the Tyria continent, because I hate having... I hate needing to sail between port cities to get to a certain expansion pack. I mean, if I've got them all, why can't I just see them all? Yeah. I mean, it's better than having flight paths and stupid crap like that, but it's still... Why yeah. not? Why not have a map of the entire world instead? Well, the other annoying thing, too, is um, Tyria and Alona have a landing zone of four and six people, so if you already have a full party, you have to split up and then meet back up, and you can't just map there. That would, so it'd be nice to get around that. That would be nice, yeah. So it looks like it will be kind of a, a new hub, which the other thing is I hope to also see new ways to combat spam. Otherwise, we're going to have Spam Bark Beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, other things I want to see coming out of it, maybe some new heroes, maybe a little new lore while we're at it. Yeah, three of each hero would be cool. Yeah. Since the, some you have three of some already, and it doesn't seem that they want four. so mm-hmm. It would be cool as a hero that can be whatever you need him to be. Which Raza would have been a good fit for that, but something like that would be pretty sweet. He'd be kind of like the Jack, the the wild card. Those stupid frat habits. That's not Guild Wars. And now it's time for Trader Arcade. Today's Trader Arcade. We're gonna talk first of all about how much Lord of the Rings Online sucks. I've just got to say that my wife and I tried it. We both gave it a day. Actually, I didn't give it that long. I got to the character I'll creation. be the guy that disagrees with you. Really? You like it? Yeah. I played... Okay. Well, I didn't really play Lord of the Rings Online, per se. I played the, the monster play side of it um, with the walk. Like, I played the crap out of that. I loved it. I thought it was really cool. Really well done. I didn't really play the main game much at all, which probably says a lot for your opinion as well. Well, I didn't either, yeah. I, what did I do? What I made... What, I was already turned off, number one. The characters are kind of crappy looking, considering that game was made after Guild Wars, and it still looked so bad. It was worse than WoW graphically, in my opinion, which, that's pretty shoddy. But the other thing was the healing class. I wanted to be the healer. I had to go with the minstrel. <laughs> so I'm going to strum my guitar and sing at stuff to either make it feel better or worse. God. I absolutely hated that, too. Same complaint, Ryan. God, but it was like, I'm not going to do anything else and have fun, so whatever, I'll give it a shot. So I figured if I'm going to be a class that's based on something that retarded, I'm going to make a hobbit, so I also look funny. And I named him Martin Long. (laughs) So here I am, this Martin Long minstrel hobbit, and I'm walking, you know, I'm like, it felt like wow, or at least an attempt to be wow. And as I'm going along, when I go to attack stuff, I'm screaming at it, which Hunter warned me about. I was like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) So after I'm this far along into it, I made it to like the first, whatever you'd say, outpost or whatever, where I saw other people. And I turned it off, logged into Guild Wars, got on vent, had some fun. And my wife continued trying. And she was like, no, I just need a game that's fun to play. And I'm a little bored with Guild Wars. So she tried and she tried. And now she's got Cataclysm. So that's, that goes <laughs> to show how well Lotro worked out for us. See, the the monster play stuff I thought was really cool because... Like for, like for me, for example, I, I rolled a, a walk, but you also have like the spider and the orc or something. And it's like a mini game because you get like a few set skills, each with a very defined purpose that can do do cool stuff. Like you can stealth, you have like a cripple attack. 
and you can go around as a pack of wargs and grief people or tear apart newbies or whatever you want and it's just like it's like a a weird like meta mini game see i i didn't see anything about monster play i wonder if that's because the free version like you have to buy it since you have to buy everything in that game well this is i was playing it when it came out yeah, in so. 2007 so it may have been changed or patched out or something but I thought that was really cool. Like, I could have played that for a long time with the right, right group of people. I could see that. That could have been a lot more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, on that topic, though, uh, when I was doing this, I kind of started getting frustrated, and it made me realize that, like, Lord of the Rings Online is one of the more successful MMOs to come on the market. That, you know, it wasn't a rival to WoW by any stretch of the imagination, but it got some numbers. So the question to me is, if if a game like that is what does well. Does that basically just say that the reason WoW is doing so good is because everybody that has tried to give them competition didn't try very hard? That's It's my uh, impression. I think it's a mix between... I mean, WoW is definitely a very polished game and it has a lot of great content, but it also has, like, right now, it has five years of content built mm-hmm. up. So it eclipses anything that comes out. Like, in terms of value for money, the amount of content you're getting for your dollar... It's incredible. And everything's very polished. You know, the customer service is good. The game isn't buggy at all, basically. Um, it's really not. I don't know. I think it's it's literally just time. And they stylized the art in such a way that it still looks pretty good. So they, they just built up and polished this, this monster. And it makes it very hard to compete with. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the barrier to entry right now is still pretty high with WoW. I mean, you've got to buy all the expansion packs if you want to be completely current, and even with the group packs, it's still kind of expensive um, cost-wise, but what you get in return is a very very polished product that's going to work and you're not going to be crashing every five seconds. Um, yeah. And it is it is really cartoony. I actually... I, I rather like the aesthetics of World of Warcraft. My husband mm-hmm. is not as big of a fan of it as mine. But they've gone really cartoony and really blocky like that. And I think it works for them. I was very excited about the Druid update where I got my new Druid skins and I thought they looked fantastic. And the reason I quit shortly thereafter wasn't because of the aesthetics or anything. It was just because I wasn't having fun anymore. Mm-hmm. And r- really, it's it's past the test of time. Like, Mm-hmm. Five years ago, when it launched, was it five years ago? I think so. Pe- people might have said, like, these graphics look stupid. Like, a certain segment of people might have said, like, these graphics look stupid. But five years later, it's still the same people. Like, everyone else is still fine. They're still playing away. Nobody's bitching too much about it looking aged. Well, yeah. their environment think- is a lot better looking than the characters. So that's what they have going for them, is when you're traveling, you look around and you're like, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Yeah. But then you look at your Tarn and you're like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> I think you're going to have that with with any game that's actually care has been taken with to make it look good. I mean, we always talk about how good Guild Wars looks still. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different aesthetic style. It's much more realistic, but it still looks good. And you you really get down to brass tacks and look at the models. They're not very high poly count and the textures aren't super high resolution. Mm-hmm. At least mine aren't, because I'm, on, I'm playing on a really old computer that has an integrated graphics card. I mean, it can't even play Minecraft worth crap. But <laughs> Guild Wars, it runs fine, 
even on low settings, Guild Wars looks great. Yeah, their poly um, optimization, whoever did that, is indigenous. Indigenous? Yes, that's <laughs> to the totally on purpose. Band. That was a subscription safety glasses moment. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the other thing about um, character versus environment is I imagine World of Warcraft can, well, Blizzard can update the environment and make the environment look better and with expansions as people's computers have gotten better generally they can you know throw a few more polys in but they can't go back and change characters because if you start changing how people look yep. you know people are going to have a fit on the forums no doubt mm-hmm. can we stop talking about wow yeah yeah <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna pose the question is it gonna, is guild wars 2 gonna be a wow killer just because people always bring that up but number one, podcast is running super long right now. My wife just tried calling me, if you heard the Geico commercial song just now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I will just say real quickly that I don't think Guild Wars 2 is going to be a WoW killer. It's going to be the ultimate WoW alternative. And that might make it a formidable yeah. opponent or even make it better someday, like in, in the whole how many players it has. But it's not going to kill it. You can't kill WoW with a different fruit. See, I think Guild Wars 2 is going to absolutely destroy WoW. Blizzard will have to shut down their offices in shame. I, th- <laughs> I do think they're going to scale back a lot and lose a lot of money on it because basically what's going to happen is the people at Blizzard are going to say, well, nice run, guys. We sure did jip these people of their cash for a long time, didn't we? Exactly. Oh, my God. She's- I think personally subscribers should sue Blizzard for not making Guild Wars 2 first. You know, they gave them all that money, and they just threw it away making some cartoony BS. <laughs> Emails. We got an email from Azazel Bishop. Uh, Azazel Bishop from the Alliance. He says, "Which Alliance? Uh, the Relics of War Alliance." Oh, okay. He says the biggest thing I'm worried about is the dynamic world. I played the new game in Beta Rift, and they have the same kind of dynamic world that they say Guild Wars 2 will have. And the biggest problem I saw was quests. Say you're say you're told to go collect 20 Rapture Claws, but when you get there to find 100, people are doing the same quests, fighting for the mobs. Um, if you have it, the first person that hit, you know what, I know what he's trying to say, but here's the thing. There's no quests in Guild Wars 2. Dynamic events. Yeah. You, you walk out into the world and you just see what's going on and you go participate, which is what we've always wanted, which is why I'm a fanboy, is because I hate quests so much. It's like when you, when they tell you to go get, say, uh, five wolf teeth and you have to kill 30 of them to get wolf teeth, even though one wolf should have five teeth. I don't know. That that always just pissed me off beyond compare. And that's why I love this dynamic event system. So what you're talking about here is Azel, don't worry about it. Totally different. Well, keep in, keep in mind, too, there's no kill stealing. Um, there's no tagging a target. If you and some other guy is attacking the target, it doesn't matter who attacks it first. He's going to drop loot for everybody. Yep. Yeah. So there, there was some MMO recently that, that did a, a parody of the the famous Kill 10 Rats quest, like the, the newbie first quest you get. Yeah. And it made me laugh because they have this beginner's experience and they throw in this inside joke where you give them a quest to kill 10 rats. It's like, what are you doing? People make fun of this because it's bad. <laughs> it's not something you should joke about. It's something you just shouldn't put in your game. I know uh, my arena team in WoW, the name was LOL Boars. <laughs> Because we all just had such a case of the ass toward questing. When they introduced the ability to level up through PvP, we all said, finally. Because mm-hmm. that was way more interesting. So here's a, a call we got from Ron in Atlanta. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Alrighty. He's been... What the hell just happened? 
Oh, Power Grandma, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> the call plays fine on my computer until I put it in Power Grandma. I don't really know what to do about that. Hello, everyone. This is Ron in Atlanta. I just wanted to call and say, hey, I'm really enjoying the show and ask a question. So uh, since they've started releasing more professions and stuff, uh, I'm thinking about changing what I want to roll first in Guild Wars 2. Um, so it was Ellie, something that does damage or whatever. But uh, I'm looking at Ranger now because we get traps, we get pets, we get ranged, we get melee weapons. So it seems kind of like it's going to be able to do everything. And uh, I'm not really a Ranger player. So my question to you guys is, has what you wanted to roll changed? I realize that might be kind of a weak question, but uh, I just wanted to call, support the show, ask you guys something. If I think it's something better, I'll call you back again. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. He's kind of uh, come around to actually wanting to play something he typically wouldn't. And he wants to know if something like that has happened for us. No. Um, yeah. I mean, so can, the Guardian, but only because it's the closest to the monk, kind of. Yeah, really, the Guardian is... Whatever the Guardian was going to turn out to be, I was already eyeballing. And now yeah, it's kind of been set much. in stone. So uh, maybe something will change with the next ones to come out. But as of yet, nope, I pretty much landed where I meant to. But I was, I mean, I had my finger on the pulse of what they were trying to do with Guild Wars 2, so I kind of knew what to expect out of this. I can tell you that the opposite is true for me, though, the what happened to him. Because I was kind of thinking I'd make a Ranger, and then when they released all the information about a Ranger, about the Ranger class, I decided, yeah, not really so bothered anymore. Yeah, I'm not a pet person, personally. Tasha was the same way. Mm-hmm. Must yeah. be a UK thing. I, <laughs> It, it's an AI is dumb thing. Oh, oh, you know, even Smithy was in a hunter. So he, when he probably saw that it was all pets, he didn't go, oh, damn it, because he actually likes pets. So That's crazy. He may have made good use. I'll say that if if all the other classes come out and I hate them, I'll probably end up as a warrior when I'm normally not the person who would play a heavily armored class just because I enjoy <laughs> how I enjoy their focus on martial skills and movement on the battlefield you would have made a guardian if i wasn't already slated to though huh probably yeah you're always one of those people all right i'll make the one everybody needs well you can't say yeah. that i mean maybe they won't be but what class do you usually play in guild wars tiger i've monked for a long long time oh, and okay. only within the past month i refuse to heal or prot like if we can if i can foist that job off on a hero i'll do it and shoot my lasers instead we have a really good lineup this episode for talking about uh, Guardians, like all of us monk. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. This is a slew of monks. That's pretty cool. I didn't do that by design. I mean, yeah, I did. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so as far as iTunes comments go, we got nothing. Just still the last Spanish one from Trigger Set. So uh, we did get a, a couple ratings, though. They just were commentless, and that's fine. We, you know, the more ratings we get, the more exposure we get, and uh, in iTunes, that would mean that we get a place on like New and Notable, maybe, which would be great for Guild Wars 2 as well. So give us mm-hmm. that. Uh, also, go rate Guildcast and the Guild Mag podcast, because um, Guild Wars 2 is what needs the notoriety. I sound like a, sound like a total kiss up here, but if Guild Wars 2 gets notoriety, we do too. That's true. And Bluehost will cry about that. Uh, Relics is compiling a Guild Wars community list. So any Guild Wars online resources, any Guild Wars online resources out there, get in touch. We add, we add things on the fly. So if you send us a 180 by 180 pixel JPEG and then the information about your website or whatever, 
we will put it up. Um, and there are other sites that are doing that as well, Talkteria and GW2Fans.com. But um, what we're aiming for is we represent you the way you want to be represented, and that's why we do it that way. So um, our Guild Wars Guild is also recruiting. We are not recruiting Alliance Guilds anymore. We're full. But we are looking for people still. So we have spots there. Give us your iTunes comments. Um, let's see. I, I switched up the merchandise store. And it now goes through Zazzle where you can actually customize the... I almost said the paraphernalia. No, I almost said that. The What's the P word? It is paraphernalia. Yeah. Wow. I was going to say that fits. It's like, <laughs> wow, Ryan, you almost sounded smart. Almost. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can you can customize the merchandise to your heart's content. Also to Tegan, there are shoes on there. And I customized them a little bit. I think they look okay. But they're canvas shoes, like Converse looking. Anyway. You know what this means, though? What's that? My... My Cafe Press t-shirt, my Cafe Press Relics of t-shirt, limited edition. You can never get another one of those. Nice. Yeah. You, you need to get that thing signed. <laughs> Seriously. What I've actually thought about doing is I want to get an embroidered uh, merchandise line going. So like fleece jackets, sweaters and stuff. But it costs $40 to get the Facefire logo, you know, embroidery capable. And then after that, I can totally put as much as I want up. So mm-hmm. what I was thinking of doing was getting the embroidery set up, spending that 40 bucks, buying one for myself, taking it and then actually putting it on eBay and like doing something with it, maybe sending it around to the hosts or random people and seeing if they could sign it and then putting it on eBay. But that would be kind of costy. But I want to do something like that. That would be cool. You should send it to Arena Map. Ask them to sign it. Oh, you're a badass. You can tell Seriously. you've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> I may do that. I'm not saying they'd necessarily agree, but I mean, it's a good idea and it wouldn't really hurt. Yeah, it's like, worth a I shot. don't see why it'd be a bad thing. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll check that out. So uh, stay in touch for that. Uh, we're also investigating getting a new web host, as you've heard my discussion about Bluehost. They're, they throttle us every now and again. And so if we're already at that point where we're getting throttled, then that means that soon enough we're going to need to be hosted by somebody who can. The, the deal is, our website is hosted alongside many others. And they offer unlimited bandwidth, unlimited storage, but when you hog CPU like like downloading audio does, that tends to make other sites slow down. So they have to throttle us. I'm not complaining about them. It's just that they can't fit our needs for much longer. And when Guild Wars 2 releases, hell, when we get a release date, I think it's it's going to really crap on our parade. So if anybody out there has ideas, go ahead and write in, let us know. Tw- you know, Tweet me, whatever you got to do. Tweet me. That sounds um, yeah, so, uh, we also have a donate button if you want to help our cause, since right now the show could use a, a little bit of flow. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, come in. <laughs> right. You can get hold of us by sending us MP3s. I didn't do it this time. You can get hold of us by sending us MP3s at relicsoforr at gmail.com. We take MP3s, OGGs, uh, what's, whatever. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Or you can call us at 708-202-9262. Hopefully Power Grandma doesn't do that to every call I get, because that sucked. <laughs> um, and we're on Twitter and Facebook, just Relics of Ore on both of those. That's the handle. And you can join us on the forums. You don't have to be a guildie to hop in. Um, and if you want to blog for us, come blog for us. Let us know. Also, talk Tyria with Izari is looking for bloggers. Figured I'd give her a little bump there. So either way, if you're a blogger and you want to get out there, just let either of us know. We're also looking for audio snippets, intros from community members. So people that just say like, you know, this is so-and-so with whatever website and you're listening to the Relics of War podcast, or you can be more flavored. 
We don't care. We just would like stuff to put at the beginning of the show like Smithy does. Or if you want to send in, you know, just stuff we can use in our general library of fun audio to use, like Remedy Man and Sea Squirrel Run tend to do, that would be nice also. We still have the Pi Day upcoming on March 13th. I don't know enough about that yet because I am uh, scattered every which way, but um, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. Tasha knows about it. This is the episode without Tasha, so we're apparently stupid to that. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I did a real good job there, didn't I? Um, anyway, big thanks to Guild fans, Guild Wars Guru, ArenaNet, Doghouse Systems, and my friend Dave Drachel. I haven't actually like thanked him in audio, but I need to thank him because if it weren't for the laptop that he lent me, actually two laptops he's lent me, I wouldn't be able to do this show every week. So huge thanks to him. And finally to the listeners. Anybody want to say anything? I'm out of breath. <laughs> Not really. Damn it. No, I'm good. Yep. Well done. All right. So <laughs> wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. To all you people who are feeling bad because Ryan has been getting after you to get to get in to exercise and get in shape, I would like to remind remind you all that round is also a shape. <laughs> Very nice. Nah. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning in like the Richard Simmons of the Guild Wars 2 community, aren't I? I gotta stop that now. <laughs> no, no, no. Compare me to the guy with Tybo instead. That's better. Hello. That was me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my my phone rang twice. Okay, I had some like little smarmy quotes that I made earlier this week on Twitter. I'm trying to remember what they were. I was gonna quote myself just for the fun of it. You cutting out, Ryan? I am. Hello. Can you hear me now? We just got a lag spike. Yeah, we got a lag spike. Now. Yeah. Huh? Can you hear me now though? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, cool. It's back to normal. What did I say? I'm actually looking on Facebook now. So if anybody else has something for the wheel of morality. I got one. Okay. If you build a man a fire, he's warm for a night. If you set a man on fire, he's warm for the rest of his life. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's good. Once you believe opposing points of view can only come from idiots, you've just found a greater idiot to worry about. (laughs) That's all relevant and stuff, Ryan. I know. Buzzkill here. Should I be weird? Should I do something crazy? I don't know. I'm just laughing because there's fingers coming over the top of the door to the computer room. I think my husband's wondering if we're done recording yet. Yeah. Time for the weekly mashup. This is where we play you the best bits from previous episodes because you were too busy. A. Accosting the Kiwi chewing on your internet cable. B. Bribing Lady Luck. C. Chasing after your monks because they got distracted by a burning tree. And D. Digging through waist high snowdrifts. Welcome to City 17. Any gold lying along the path must report it to Stewie Flanham as they are necessary. For proper productions of our refracted light arcs, an NC soft representative may appear beside your bed tonight. Enjoy our rainbows. He's only three, so he could kind of understand what I was saying, but not exactly. So instead, I decided to convince him that he was a dragon and I was going to catch him. He was happy then. But he's your kid, right? So he's going to be a genius. Naturally, yes. 
What? You know, he actually turns on his computer sometimes, pulls up Audacity, and starts saying, I'm recording like Dad. And this is Grandpa Singleton again, yeah. lecturing the kids on audio quality. Do you want some popcorn, Timmy? Be aware that we are holding a king hostage at this moment. Send no messages. We will have to execute it. <laughs> I think I think we should just agree that all Canadians are untrustworthy. I'll go with that. I don't know. We were up late last night doing something. I'm trying to remember what it was we were running. Oh, something. You're probably not going to be because you're in second life. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> trying to atone for all the screw-ups in my first life. <laughs> I have tried for a very long time. Obviously, like, in private and on my own in front of a mirror. If you identify everything, even your whites, it will solve them all. I'm British and stuck up. I have to point it out, damn it. Yeah, you gotta antagonize <laughs> with every opportunity. I'm doing this live so that if Smithy ever hears this, he'll be like, Oh, damn it. Now I got beyond. Yeah, I would try and get my family to listen, but one swear word and they turn it off. What kind of people are you hanging out with? The English. I mean, what, what did you expect? 